Hello and welcome to the Success Unscrambled podcast, where coaches who are not quite ready to hire a team can learn sufficient skills in tech, marketing, and systems to bring their business forward and become profitable enough to make their first hire. Let's get started with your host, Alvern Ballard. Hello, this is Alvern, and you're very welcome to the Success Unscrambled podcast. In today's episode, we'll be looking at how to start a business with $10,000 plus 21 incredible ideas. Are you ready? Let's get into it. So Gemma scrolled through page three of Google search. She was desperate to start a business with 10K because she, she wanted things to be different. She had enough of what she now experienced in her life, so she needed a change. You see, Gemma's husband died of cancer a few years ago, which took her by surprise. As a middle-aged widow with two young children, she was not ready to face life as a single mom. I mean, Greg, her husband, was so strong and healthy. So when the consultant told her to prepare for the worst, it came as a complete shock for her. Luckily, Greg had life cover and a really generous debt and service benefit that covered the mortgage and day-to-day living expenses. Although Gemma didn't need to worry about the basic bills, there was one thing that kept her awake at night. What can she do now with her life? Who was she now that Greg is gone? What does she want her future to look like? Let me know if you are facing these challenges. You've always wanted to be your own boss, but you don't know where to start. The thought of opening a shop scares you to death. What if nobody will buy your products? Opening a local bakery or coffee shop sounds cute, but would it not would it would it actually work? And would it not take a lot of work to get it done? Working from home would actually suit you better, but can you run a business from home? Most franchises cost more than ten thousand dollars to join up or to sign up. So what business can you start for ten thousand? If only there was a way to quickly and easily assess which type of business you can start and run successfully with $10,000. In this episode, you learn about the types of businesses you can start for 10K that will bring you in about 5000 to 10000 every month in less than 12 months. Right. So before diving into these business ideas for $10,000 or less, let's look at some small business statistics. Did you know that there are over 29 million small companies in the U.S. alone? This statistic was kindly provided by the folks at Feinstack. What's even more interesting is that 50% of small businesses start at home. It reminds me that last week I made a wicked, a loaf of wicked vegan banana bread, and I was actually considering to sell it locally. Pipe dream. (laughs) Let me not distract you with from let me not distract you from the core numbers. So 9% of small business owners stated that they started their business to be their own boss. What about you? 17% said they were dissatisfied with corporate America. Are you a teeth grinder? (laughs) Just reading that statistic alone made me grind my teeth unconsciously. I'm not sure how to get rid of that habit. So bear with me. The number one statistic that I always find surprising is that 99% of businesses in the U.S. are small businesses. That means 
Hello, only 1% of businesses in the US are, you know, what we consider medium to large organizations. Thanks to the folks at Thrive My Way for this particular interesting fact. Here's a statistic that causes potential entrepreneurs to get wobbly needs. 50% of startups fail within the first year of business. I know I had failed businesses. <laughs> Just when you think that statistic was bad, this one will send you screaming back into your safe and comfortable office cubicle. Are you ready? 95% of small startup startups fail within the first five years. Now, do you still want to be your own boss? Let's face it. Starting and running a business is hard work. What can you do to make it easier? Let's look at knowing yourself. What if I told you that one of the secrets of succeeding in business is getting to know yourself intimately? So many people walk around on earth and they have no idea what they want in life. I know because I've been in their shoes. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever created a vision board? Or have you written down your goals for the next three to five years in granular details? And I mean granular, I'm talking about what you wake up in the morning and do, like what you want to have for breakfast, what the breakfast would look like, who you want to wake up next to, that granular detail, where would you like to wake up? If you believe that starting up and running a business is hard, then you haven't tried writing down your goals. That's even harder. <laughs> in my opinion, it's a lot harder to refine my goals and dreams in every tiny detail. Because I guess for humans, we see it as daydreaming, not reality. And we, we sort of have to fool our brains into thinking subconsciously that this is going to be real for us one day. Let me ask you another question. What are the things that you don't want in your business? Only recently I was asked this question and I stumbled and fumbled a bit before writing down a few paragraphs. We all suffer from the shiny object syndrome in life because we are not clear about what we want and don't want. I want to challenge you to spend time this coming weekend writing down your three to five year goals and dreams in granular detail. When you're finished, set it aside, Set aside some time to write down what you don't want. You have no idea how important that aspect of it is for you. Right, let's move on to the ideal client avatar. It is only after you know what you want out of life can you determine what your ideal client would look like. If you want to open a bakery, for example, or a coffee shop, then you can write a detailed description of who your customers like are, who what, what, what sort of experience you want them to have, especially if you have a coffee shop where they come and sit down inside of the shop after they buy the coffee and maybe they're, uh, you know, on their computers, you know, doing something during the day. You need to sort of, in your head and on paper, actually, you know, encapsulate that experience because it's, not only, it's only after you've done that that you really have something that's much closer to reality. In the meantime, here are some, some questions that you might want to consider. Age, gender, where do they live? Do they live in a house or an apartment? Their neighborhood, what does it look like? What are their daily, weekly, monthly, or annual challenges? Outline their biggest needs. The kind of problems they are trying to solve financially and personally. Their deepest desires and dreams for them and their family. What do they? What are they? In terms of their biggest fears, what are they? I'm not talking about spiders or emotional ones. I'm talking about their biggest fears. Maybe a fear of a death of a, a spouse, for example. Do you get their short-term and long-term goals? 
any idea of their good and bad habits. I mean, if you own a coffee shop, you probably one of their habits is, you know, how they will normally drink their coffee. Maybe they will, even though you've added sugar to it, they will want to add even more sugar to it. I mean, I mean, think about this in so much detail. What gets them excited? The stuff that annoys them, what are they? Their passion projects, what are they working on? Where do they spend most of their time online? List the kind of items they spend their money on when they get paid. I know, for example, my son <laughs> my son has a habit of when he gets paid, he buys the most interesting things. What about your customers? What do they buy as soon as they get paid? What type of podcasts do they listen to? Which software or apps do they use? What books do they listen to on Audible? While these questions are not exhaustive, they'll give you a head start in terms of getting to know your customers better. Here's a quick tip. If your typical customer is someone who shops in the makeup department at Macy's, then it's a good place to do some people watching. Just a tip. All right, let's move on to business models. I just thought of something that made me laugh out loud. <laughs> Many business advisors will tell you that you need to write a business plan before starting a business. I'm going to disagree with that advice and say that it depends on your business. When I started my first business over 20 years ago, I was obsessed with writing business plans. My latest business venture that I started less than five years ago doesn't have a business plan, at least not a traditional written one. However, my business generates over $5,000 every month, so I must be doing something right. What I discovered in recent years is that adopting a business model is better than focusing on a business plan. Now, there are some people who went to school and got an MBA who would disagree with me. I challenge you to ask them if they ever run a successful business. Book knowledge can only take you so far. I've started many types of businesses. I don't have an MBA. I fail at some of the businesses. Okay, maybe not fail, but not outright fail. But, but, the, but the business model just didn't match my goals. So... As someone who has experience spending money on businesses, starting up several businesses, and probably did start up about 10 businesses so far, and many of them I made money in, and I didn't continue because, meh, just didn't suit what I wanted to do. That's why it's so important for you to write down what it is you want and what it is you don't want in your business. Now, here are a few business models for you to consider. Number one, e-commerce. Two, software as a service. Agency, three, course creator, four, local shop, five, coach, six, and service provider, seven. Let's briefly look at each of these business models to help you figure out what you want to do. So e-commerce, the world of e-commerce establishments incorporates all different kinds of models. These include manufacturing and selling of your own products, drop shipping, and affiliate marketing. One of the biggest challenges of an e-commerce business model is that you'll need to sell a lot of product units to make six figures, as in profits. You can generate a revenue of six figures, and most of them will tell you that the margin is very thin, razor thin. Ask Dell Computers. That's why they started. That's why the Dell Computer Company, many years ago, started buying up software companies, because no matter how hard they tried, when you shift boxes, you only made make so much margin. But when you add up a service on top of that, whether it be a three-year warranty or you know, any kind of something in the cloud or any kind of other service, they got smart and they started buying companies that, that um, or even software, any kind of company that actually sells software. That's why Dell is not no longer the company it was 
20 years ago. I worked as an employee in Dell, and I can tell you, the margins were razor thin, and they needed a plan B in order to keep generating an income because they offered so many discounts to businesses that they were just losing money left, right, and center. If your products are high price, then sales would be a lot slower. For example, if you sell a coffee machine, <laughs> make sure you add a bit of a software on top of that. Or if you sell um, home furnishings, obviously, like, you know, these latest French um, uh, oven ranges and stuff like that, those are just products and they don't, you don't sell a lot of them every day. But when you sell one, it's a lot of money. So the biggest advantage of the e-commerce model is the profit margins, margins are normally quite slim. Number two, we've got software as a service. Earlier this year, I had the most interesting light bulb moment. <laughs> Did you know that Airbnb is a SaaS company? I know people with the MBAs will not agree and disagree with me, or maybe they won't, I don't know. Everyone and their children knows companies like Salesforce, which is a SaaS company, which SaaS, just in case you miss it, is means software as a service. But to think that Airbnb falls into this category was unthinkable for me. The thing that the customer, the thing that the customer interacts with the most is the app. When you're going to book something, um, you know, maybe um, a room or an entire apartment on Airbnb, you go to the app, you look at the place, you look at all the different places, you choose one, you make a deposit, everything is done through the app. Or you can even do it online, but it's still an app in the background that's doing all of this, making the reservation. And when you get the location, you, you communicate with the person who owns it through the app. And then you get to your location, you get the key, you go and you stay there. And then you leave the place and leave a review on the app. So technically speaking, it's a software as a service company. Traditional SaaS companies get paid 365 days a year for renting their platform. For example, Salesforce. However, companies like Uber, Airbnb, Zipcar offer you a, offer you a service pay per use. So you, as you use it, you need to use it as you pay for it. That's that's exactly how they work. So it's it's still software as a service, but you don't pay for it for 12 months of the year. You just pay as you use it. And I guess when you compare it with um, a, a standard software, like, for example, Salesforce, um, you pay a lot more per, per month. Because with a, a room that you're in an Airbnb can range from 50 bucks a month to 100 bucks a month, you know, to even higher than that. So in the long run, you pay more in the short term for use of that room. Okay, enough about SaaS. Three is the agency model. As the name suggests, with an agency, you'll be handling the relationship between the buyers and the sellers of a service. If you enjoy offering a solution to small businesses, but you want to be able to manage the business while others provide a service, then you like this model. You can start small and work your way into a role that's more visionary. A good example of this is social media management agency. And if you want more information about numbers, specific numbers, etc., then in terms of you know the initial course, monthly outgoings, etc., stay tuned. I have even more information later on in this episode. And if it is you would like to jump into the show notes, you can head over to successunscramble.com forward slash 232 to get access to the show notes. At number four, we've got the course creator. One of the most exciting business models on the planet is becoming a course creator. Why? Because you get to pull stuff from your brain and from your experience to teach others your secrets to success. 
as you will see later on, the costs to get started using this business model will depend on a few factors. There are a ton of people who spend too much money, time and money, creating courses that don't sell. So do you do your research before attempting to do this one? And I know because I support course creators and I can tell you some of them spend a lot of money and time building on this massive course and they don't understand the reality of when you create a course, there's something that you need to sell it to, which is an audience. So you need to spend time building out that audience first before you even jump into creating the course or figuring out your audience first before um, creating the course. Number five, you've got a local shop. This is probably one of the easiest businesses to start if you are in an area where there isn't another shop for a few hundred miles. Humans are innately lazy. I see it all the time. They like the convenience of getting the stuff that they need without having to work too hard for it. If you don't believe me, check out the convenience section in the fruit and veg department in your local supermarket. Lots of chopped vegetables and fruit. What happened? People don't have knives at home? <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, at number six, we've got a coach. There's currently a lot of argument about the authenticity of some coaches. Some people question how someone in their 20s could be qualified to coach someone in their 40s or 50s. I've never hired a coach before, so I couldn't advise on this topic. Yes, there are accredited bodies set up where people can become certified coaches and they charge between $5,000 and $50,000 for their coaching programs. The main difference between a course creator and a coach is this. A coach doesn't have a generic course that they've created for you to consume. Their program is mostly custom designed for each person. They might have a framework, but it's not a framework that you can get access to and say, do this and do that. They might have a list of questions that they normally ask you, but it's all about, I suppose, tailoring their um, coaching abilities to um get you to the destination where you would like to get to. It's more of a one-on-one -on -one relationship. That's the reason why their fees can be so high. $50,000 for a coach, imagine. At number seven, we've got a service provider. In my opinion, the fastest way to generate income for any business is by providing a service to another business. What's neat about this is that there are so many services that entrepreneurs need to keep their business functional. For from social media management to launch management and everything in between. All you need to do is decide which one you're passionate about so that you can start offering it to others. Right, now that we've gone through those seven business models, let's look at 21 ideas to start a business with $10,000. Now that you know yourself, this is so important, now that you know yourself, what you want and what you don't want in business, you have a better idea of your potential customer and you know more about your business models, let's look at a few potential business ideas that will help you start a, a business with 10,000 broken down by category. And I know because I've done some of these. I'm not talking, I'm not talking from the top of my head. You you listen as I'm going through this and you'll see that I actually have experience in quite a number of these businesses. So I know what I'm talking about. I didn't go to school to get an MBA. I have what you call the street knowledge. <laughs> Again, head over to the show notes, successandscramble.com forward slash EP232 so you can get access to the show notes. Okay, and number one, we've got first section, first category, we look at e-commerce. Number one is dropshipping. One of the fastest ways to get started in e-commerce, now this is e-commerce now, the e-commerce business 
is by doing dropshipping. Believe it or not, I had a dropshipping business a few years ago, and I tried both having my own store using Shopify, as well as operating as an Amazon reseller using the Amazon FBA system. That's Amazon Fulfillment by Amazon system. Setting up your own Shopify store will require you to work really hard to drive traffic to your shop. Becoming an Amazon reseller, however, means getting approved by Amazon first and buying goods wholesale. For your goods to qualify for Amazon Prime, so in other words, one of the, I suppose, if you ever shop at Amazon and you notice that some of the, the goods, well, yeah, some of the goods are not available um, if you if you have the Amazon Prime um, subscription, some of them are not available via Amazon Prime and some of them are. If you decide to become an Amazon reseller or Amazon FBA um, person, the fastest way for your goods to get shipped and to get a high return on your investment, obviously, apart from choosing a, a specific everyday products, is um, getting all of your inventory shipped to Amazon warehouses so that when a customer buys it, they can ship it the next day. I'm giving you that because I've been there, I've done this, guys. The downside, let me tell you the downside. The downside of using Amazon warehouses is they will chat if your if your products have been in the Amazon warehouses for 12 months, they will charge you some ridiculous fees for having them stored in their warehouses and not shipped. So in other words, if you if you're using Amazon warehouses, make sure that your products are sold out within a 12-month period. Otherwise the fees can be ridiculous. The actual, I suppose, rental fees for using their warehouses can be ridiculous. There are quite a number of third-party companies that will help you package up and ship your products, your goods to Amazon. Just Google Amazon FBA services or Amazon F FBA provider, and they will all be there in Google. What I did is I simply purchased my goods online. I've ne I never even touched them. I know this, sounds, this is going to sound really strange. I never even touched them. I went in, got approved for Amazon FBA, went online, found five, six, ten different wholesalers. Um, to get approved for, for toys and uh, clothing, you need special approval for those. But just regular, for example, kitchen items, household items, etc. I went online. I shopped for these from these wholesalers. Get them shipped and shipped to an FBA provider. They package them because Amazon requires that the packages are labeled specific in a specific way. They package them up a specific way, and then they will ship them onto Amazon for me. I never even touch them. I know that songs out of this world, but I've done it and I'm telling you this stuff works. So that is initially initial investment. My my very first wholesale thing I think was about a thousand dollars. And then there's probably an additional three hundred dollars and above that for the FBA provider. And that's shipped in then to Amazon and they will put it on their shelves and sell it. And you don't have to do a lot of um what do you call you don't have to do actually any um what's the word I'm looking for? Any um, ads, Amazon ads. You don't necessarily have to run Amazon ads for things to start. They'll just start selling if you choose the right, if you, you know, spend some time choosing the right cat category and package your items up in a specific way, it will just go out the door. However, if you want consistent sales and um, things get, um, you know, shipped much quicker, then you probably need to run Amazon ads. 
And you're looking at a monthly potential in, income between a thousand, five thousand, depending on how many items. Like the bigger, the big guys in the market would have like ten thousand units, one thousand between one thousand and ten thousand units of a specific thing for sale. And that's how you know they have a much a quicker thing. But the problem with having that much inventory is you need to get it out the door within 12 months, otherwise you get high fees. Okay, this is another thing on training on Amazon FBA. Let's move on to your own product. For example, candle making. You might decide that you want to manufacture and sell your own goods rather than purchase other people's wholesale products. And one of the easiest ways to do that is candle making. For example, you know, um, you probably heard of the Yankee Candle and all these different other brands and people just buy candles and guess what? Candles just, you know, people burn them and they buy a new one. Uh, so it's a really good uh, turnover if someone like your candles. The reason that this can be difficult is that you need to invest time, energy, and money to develop a proven product. Um, so one reason people go to the, the Amazon FBA or Amazon reseller route is that they can buy someone else's candles and um, put it on the market. So maybe 10 different candle makers. And out of all of them, they can look at the trends, the colors, the scents, um, the shape, the, you know, the, the, I suppose, package appeal and see which one is selling faster. And then they can go, based on the, the data, they can go and make their own version of a candle that's probably a, a, a mashup of all of the different candles that they've sold before. So, yeah, that is a way, the, the smarter way to, I suppose, manufacture your own product. Sell other people's own first, and then, you know, you can get your data from that. Initial investment for candle, become a candle making person and selling your own product. You have to get your, obviously, your Shopify store uh, or any kind of other plat- e-commerce platform. And you know, obviously, you need to make the candles and then you need to advertise it on social media. So you're looking at between 1000 1500 as an initial investment and multi-potential income of about 1000 bucks, depending on, again, on how good you are at marketing your products. Because marketing is, is a big thing, right? Affiliate marketing. Promoting other people's products on the, on your existing website or via an email list is something that I, something I did as well for you, and I continue to do that. Even last week, I got an affiliate payment for promoting other people's products. So I get affiliate payments all the time. I would consider this method the lowest barrier to entry when it comes to the e-commerce world. However, I must warn you that the returns on investment aren't great. I made money on all the other types of you know businesses I've started and run compared to affiliate marketing. To be fair, when you, when you you know bunch it up into one, it's not a lot of money in that. There's a misconception that this route is easy peasy, but it's it can be easy to get in. The biggest return on investment when you're you're doing a fulfilling marketing comes with such items as food, beauty products, weight loss products, that kind of a thing. People have to keep you know replenishing the supplies. Um, so. If you plan to get an affiliate marketing, you need to work smart, not hard, I suppose. Initial investment, probably 500 bucks. Potential income, depending. So it could be 50 bucks a month. Uh, can be a thousand bucks a month if you do it right. Um, but I, I mean, if it is you just want to dip your toe in the water and try it out to see if it works, go the affiliate marketing route. Um, you hardly have anything to do with that. With, I mean, with that, that method, you could even do it on the Pinterest platform if you want. There are lots of courses available that will teach you how to become an affiliate marketer on Pinterest. Okay, software as a service. At number four, we've got rent a room. Depending on where you live, this might be a viable option for you. If you have a spare room or even a spare house, you can rent it out to visitors from around the world. The only things that have a negative 
effect or cause the disruption to this kind of business is stuff like natural disasters, you know, bad weather, and if there's a global pandemic. In case you didn't notice, this requires very little investment, but the returns can be handsome. I was an Airbnb host, again, for three to four years, so I'm not talking from, you know, the top of my head. I actually did this myself. Um, the only reason why I no longer do it is because, you know, the government regulations came in and they were taxing people really heavily on the income from Airbnb hosting. Initial investment, 500 bucks. You basically have to clear out your house, put a lot of stuff in storage and make sure you have each room that you're renting out, I suppose, almost like a, a little mini hotel room, the, sh the bedding, the linen, and you have all of the equipment in the house, all the appliances in the kitchen, you know, everything that they can possibly need, it's there. And obviously, really good photography. Um, but it's a really low barrier to entry, and you can make anywhere from 200 to 1500 bucks a month. Easy peasy, and you, you know, you don't have to do much. You're living in the same house. If you rent, sometimes I rent out the whole house, you'd have to obviously go somewhere for that. But yeah, something to consider. Number five, experiences. Would you consider yourself as an amazing cook, an incredible local tour guide, or an entertaining host? Well, I've got just the business for you. I recently booked a place on Airbnb about, for about 10 days. And straight away, after I finished making my booking, I was brought to a page with a ton of local experiences. Do you know which one, I, that, which one of them piqued my interest? A photography experience in that local city for 70 bucks. I almost booked him. The only reason why I haven't booked him yet is that I'm not sure what day and time are best for a photo shoot. So if you have a skill that you can offer in exchange for a service, don't hide it under the bed, please. Use it to generate an income because tourists will pay you for it. Initial investment, about 500 bucks. Well, depends. If you're a photographer, you probably already have a foot, um, what do you call it? Sorry, uh, camera photography. You already have a, a camera that you can use to, to book, um, to take pictures of people. By the way, um, never underestimate you have an iPhone, never underestimate an iPhone um, 13 Pro, never underestimate the ability to take phones with, take pictures with your phone. Um, because not everyone is good at doing that. Um, you, I mean, a, photo a professional photographer will know the difference. Potential income, you're looking at between 1500 500 to, you know, 3000 a month, um, you know, offering experiences to locals, especially when it comes to food. No matter where you go, people need to eat food. Just <laughs> if you're a good cook, don't, don't put your, your skills to waste. Okay, moving on to the agency section. At number six, you've got a digital marketing agency. I can go on about establishing a digital marketing agency for days, but I won't. <laughs> The reason why agencies are important to some small business owners is that they want to be able to use a one-stop shop. In other words, with a limited budget, they can get copywriting, social media management, SEO, web design for package price. There is no need to deal with four to five different people to get all of the services. Plus, entrepreneurs get to grow their business faster using the service, using an agency. So if you feel that this is something that you can set up, run, and manage, then go for it. You'll need to hire subcontractors to help you deliver the services. Initial investment, about 1500 bucks because you just need to get you know, all the software, and then you go out there. Obviously, once you already have the clients uh, or know how to get clients, then you might have then getting subcontractors on board. 
Okay, sourcing agency, which is an alternative to the regular agency. So there's a different kind of agency model that you can use where you don't need the project managers or to manage a team. You simply introduce a client or subcontractor and you build the client up front each month. At the end of the month, the subcontractor would bill you and you pay them. This agency model is not a one-stop shop, but you'll just be matching clients to subcontractors based on their requirements. You get paid every month to keeping, for, for keeping everyone happy. And that's it. Again, about $1,500. Uh, return on investment, uh, we're looking at between twenty-five grand to fifty grand. The regular agency, again, you're looking at between fifty and uh, fifty to hundred thousand a month uh, in potential income. Again, head over to the show notes success and scramble.com forward slash EP232 to get access to all of these numbers in terms of initial investment, potential income, etc. Okay, we're now in the course creator section. And number eight, we've got the self-study course. When it comes to delivery, the, the to the delivery of courses, there are so many models available for course creators. In case you don't understand what this means, it basically means a course delivered 100% online that is pre-recorded. Everything is already, you know, set it and forget it. There aren't any live elements in it, and there isn't a community. If you have a question as a student, you can send an email to the course creator and they'll get back to you. Depending on the length of the course, you can charge between 37 bucks and or 597 uh, as a one-time fee. Or you can have a membership instead, really up to yourself. If you decide to sell your course on a marketplace like Udemy, Coursera, Skillshare, then students pay even less for that for access to your course. So I wouldn't advise you to use any of those platforms unless you're using them as a way to um, grow a list of followers um, and grow your authority online. Um, and as an entry-level course to introduce them to a much higher-level course. Initial investment, you're going to have 500 bucks. Um, monthly potential income between 2000 5000 a month um, in potential income. Okay, at number nine, we've got a group coaching program. The name of this one will sound confusing, but it is different from what, what I would call a coach, what a coach does, because everyone is accessing the same content. What makes this different from a self-study program is that there is a live coaching or question and answer component. There's also a community aspect where everyone gets to ask questions and share each other on in a group setting. Platforms that allow you to build a community include Slack, Facebook groups, Circle, and Mighty Networks. The more direct access students have to you as a course creator, the higher the price of the program. These programs can be between six weeks and 12 weeks in length, and the price per participant ranges from 500 to 12,000 for access to the group coaching program. Initial investment, looking at about 1,500, because you have to you know, create the program, shoot some videos, get some, could be even higher than that, depending on how, I suppose, how high level you want it to be. Um, and the potential income per month you're looking at you know, 10,000 to 250,000 um, in potential income. At number 10, we've got the mastermind. So we have 11 more to go. This could easily be what I would call the pinnacle of success for course creators. The attraction of a mastermind is that you get to rub shoulders with other people in your industry who are millionaires. Yes, your students will get access to a vault of programs. You'll still have the course running in the background. But they can use that they can use for their business, 
However, the main attraction for a mastermind is the building of a valuable network of business professionals. The program normally lasts around 12 months, and each participant is expected to invest about $25,000 a year. If you are already a well-connected person, this program can bring in healthy profits and long-term revenues for your business. One really good example of this is a program called Eventual Millionaire. I don't know if you've ever heard of it before. I can't remember the name of the person who runs it. It's a woman, um, Eventual Millionaire. And what she does is you pay for entry to her program, her mastermind, and she will literally connect you to the who's who in the industry to get you the, I suppose, um, authority connections that you need to show up online. Initial investment for the person who's creating a mastermind, you're looking at about 5,000, 6,000 bucks, maybe even 9,000 bucks, because what you're doing is you're, you're, you're creating a, an experience. Let's just look at it. Let's just put it that way. An experience for um, your potential um, uh, clients or students or a mastermind buddies, whatever you would like to call them. So the experience involves the platform where you're going to hang out, the actual material involved, the connections that you're going to be making, you know, the marketing of it, you know, you want everything, the look and feel of it, the branding, etc. It must be at a certain level. The potential month, monthly income, hmm, how long is a piece of string? Uh, you're looking at about 50,000 50, 50, a month to half million a month um, using the mastermind model. All right. So next up, we've got the local shops. We've gone from really <laughs> classy thing now down to the local bakery shops. You're looking at a bakery. There is such a huge requirement at the moment to cater for all different types of diets. We've got the keto, the celiac, the vegan, the vegetarian, the kosher, the halal, wheat-free. The list goes on and on and on. This demand drives the need for convenience foods that cater to these specific diets. Just recently, I wanted to celebrate a milestone in my life. So I went to the local bakery in my area and asked them for a vegan cake. <laughs> Believe it or not, they didn't have any. It was so very sad, I know. <laughs> when it comes to baked goods, you can start from your kitchen table by delivering free samples to your neighbors. You can join the local, um, you always have all these, these different meetup groups, the local vegan group, the local keto group, you know, all these different things. And you, you can start baking for them from your own house and delivering it to all of these people. Then try it and give you a review. And instantly, you've got testimonials and reviews of your product, and voila, you've got a business. <laughs> so, you can offer baked cakes to bake cakes for special occasions, charging a lower price just to get you know a bit of a list of clientele. Potential investment: looking at about five hundred bucks monthly income between five thousand seven thousand on average. You're looking at um, you know in terms of income generated from this kind of a bakery, for example. You start in your house, and then you obviously move out to an actual, you know, local bakery, an actual, you know, physical store where you have your freezer, your fridge, you know, all of the equipment. But before, like I said, the initial investment is 500. But when you, you know, when you're going to move out to that kind of level, then you need to get loans and you need a business plan to bring to the banks and all that really lovely stuff, which I would never like to get into. Oh, don't like leaving banks. But anyway, <laughs> convenience store, I digress. Okay, number 12, convenience store. If you ever live in the sticks, or in a small village in the middle of nowhere, you'll know how difficult it can be to just nip down to the shops to pick up bread and milk. 
I don't even buy bread and milk. But anyway, <laughs> this is where a local convenience store comes in handy. Depending on where you live right now, it might be a good idea to open a convenience store to cater for the needs of your local community. And what I find is so fascinating, um, the area where I live have five of the major supermarkets, but they still have convenience stores and people still buy from these convenience stores. And I, I always scratch my head, not because I have dandruff, but because I can't figure out why people would prefer to go to the convenience store to get what they want rather than going to the larger supermarket, which is right around the corner. People are just lazy or they just have, you know, specific tastes. They like the stuff from the convenience store, the coffee, the whatever that you can't get in the supermarket. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> Do a survey in your local area to assess their needs and you'll be pleasantly surprised as what is missing. I have a friend, for example, who lives in a local town, not well, probably about 50 kilometers from where I live right here. And just last year alone, the local bank, as well as the post office, closed down in his town. It is difficult to imagine life without a post office, let alone a bank. So you're looking at the initial investment of about $5,000. Obviously, this one, you, well, depending on where you live, because like, like, for example, I'm originally from the Caribbean, and you can open a little shop outside of your house and start really small. Um, and the shop is like a wooden I suppose a wooden shack, for want of a better word, where you start where you start selling things like, you know, cigarettes, beer, milk, bread, you know, all of those little, little basic things. And then as you grow, you can build up from there. That's why I said initial investment, 5000 because you don't have to start big depending on where you are. You can get um, uh, an old 20-foot container and start from, you know, using something like that. Potential income obviously can be huge, 5000 to 50000 depending on, you know, where you're living again. At number 13, we've got the coffee shop. I'm trying hard to rush through this, but I can't. When you want to meet up with for a few friends for a chat on chocolate brownie, where do you go? I remember how weird it was, how life was weird during the pandemic because all the coffee shops were closed. I mean, goodness, there wasn't a single place to hang out. It was so weird. Working from home means getting away from the house once a week and meeting up with friends for a bite to eat, which is very welcomed. Now that more and more people are working from home, they need a place to work temporarily outside the house, make it for a few hours with friends. A great co-working space is a coffee shop. You'll need those expensive coffee machines to make delicious coffee. Trust me, I don't drink coffee, but I heard people say it tastes delicious. Initial investment, five, between five and 10,000, depending on you know, what machines you get. Um, or if it is, you probably have this knack for making coffee from well, just just grind the coffee and make it from scratch without a machine. But, you know, when you go to those barista machines, they have all these, all those noisy things. Um, and then potential income. I remember I, when I was working in corporate, there was a Starbucks not too far from where I worked. And they would they would normally make $1,000 every evening. $1,000 every evening. Multiply that by 20 evenings a month. 20 evenings a month? No. Yeah, 20 evenings a month. Um. $20,000 a month from a coffee shop. I'm telling you, it's ridiculous. Anyway, food truck, number 14. I digress. I keep digressing and, and you know, <laughs> distracting you people. Sorry. Food truck. Recently, I watched a video of a guy transforming an empty space of land, uh, the parcel of land, into a thriving food market. It was a time-lapse video where he bought in six 20-foot containers and he hired skilled tradespeople to keep them out into, you know, food trucks or food trucks without the wheels, if that makes sense. There will be a variety of foods available in the local area, you know, burritos, you know, all the different tastes. 
uh, falafels, you name it. It's amazing how the food truck idea seems to be taking over every town, city, country by storm. Something about a food truck makes food taste better. Trust me, my kids love the food truck as well. If you are the type who likes to create food experiences with a retro feel, then consider going the food truck route. I've seen some crazy prices. I've left a link in the show notes. There's this entire website that is dedicated to um, food truck, you know, going into the food truck business. I've left a link in the show notes. Head over to successandscramble.com forward slash EP232. I'm sure that you can be done. It can be done quite cheap. I've put an initial investment of nine thousand five hundred, but I'm sure it can be done much cheaper than that. Potential income, you know, it's food. People eat three times a day. <laughs> Twenty thousand to fifty thousand a month. All right, life coach number fifteen. We're looking at the coaches now. These days, there seems to be a coach for everything, but the one coach that everyone needs is a life coach. This person does a whole life approach in order to help people to achieve their goals in many areas. In my opinion, investing in a life coach can fast forward your goals by leaps and bounds. Yes, there have been complaints about life coaches that did nothing for their clients. So if you are interested in becoming a life coach, please be careful about what kind of results you can help clients obtain. Some people are lazy and they would not do the work to avoid them. Some coaches are, I suppose... I don't know what the word is. I, I can't say bad things about coaches, but, you know, there are some people who are mean, obviously, but I'm just saying, if you plan to become a life coach, do it properly for my sake. Um, you heard it here first, do it properly for my sake. Initial investment, because you need to get certified, but most, most people who hire a life coach prefer that you are certified. You're looking at initial investment, about 7500 and then potential income, 50000 to 100000 a month. Business coach. Have you ever heard someone say that they feel stuck in their business? Or maybe they say that they feel like if their business has plateaued. Well, this is where a business coach can step in to help them get clear on what they need to do to move forward. If you are great at helping small businesses get clarity on what they need to do next to get the results that they want, then you may want to consider becoming a business coach. Generally speaking, it is preferred that you become a certified or credited, or credited before you start offering this kind of service. Again, initial investment similar to the life coach, about seven thousand five hundred, and potential income about fifty thousand to hundred thousand a month. Last section: service provider. Woohoo! Number seventeen. We've got the virtual assistant. At the very basic level, of service provider to digital businesses could be a virtual assistant. They offer general admin duties to their clients, helping them with things like inbox management, calendar booking, travel arrangements, and much more. Some people even have virtual assistants assess, assist them with stuff for their house, you know, household things. It is by far the fastest way to get started in business online. And I'm telling you this from experience. I've tried lots of different kinds of businesses. And the one that gives you an ROI quicker is becoming a virtual assistant. Simply because you are paid up front and you can get started in a matter of days or if not weeks. Initial investment, about $1,500. Um, I say initial investment, $1,500 because you can do it on your own. But for me, for example, I enrolled in several different programs to get me to where I am today. Everyone needs a coach. And if it is you are really good and you can do it on your own, that's fair play. But investment-wise, you're probably looking at $1,500 to $2,000. And then your monthly income can range, as just as a virtual assistant, between $3,000 to $10,000 a month. A tech VA. 
attack via role is similar to a virtual assistant. The key difference is the fact that they assist with more technical duties. So they include things like building up funnels, integrating platforms, developing reports, troubleshooting errors. You need to have a gift as well as the ability to problem solve for clients. It can be a very rewarding role for the right person. I'm a tech VA myself, so I'm talking from experience. I used to be a VA, a regular virtual assistant, but then I realized I really liked being a tech VA. Uh, initial investment again between fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars, and then monthly potential income between five thousand and twenty thousand a month. Social media management manager or strategist. It's possible that your wheelhouse is social media management or strategy. You enjoy researching hashtags, creating captions and images, social media plans, developing reels and IG stories in your in your when you is your zone of genius. You get excited every day about doing these kinds of things. If this is the case, then I suggest you strongly consider specializing in the area of social media management or strategy. In fact, did you know that there are clients looking for social media managers 365 days of the year? I wish I was joking. It is so true. Every day I go online and someone is looking for a social media manager. My goodness, I'm thinking like, isn't there anything else that people want? Initial investment, again, around 1500 to 2000 if you want. There is actually a free course offered by Rachel Peterson. You heard this here first. And she teaches you how to become a social media manage, manager for free. She has a free program on offer. Just look up, social, let's just look up um, Rachel Peterson. And she has a free program available where you can learn to become a social media manager. But if you want to go faster, you know, you can hire a coach who would or get involved inside of a, a a social media management coaching program that will teach you how to do that step-by-step. And number 20, we've got launch manager. Do you like to have clients launch their offers? If yes, then there's a role for this kind of person in a small business that launches courses regularly. The idea behind launch management is to manage the people, the, the launch project. It involves mapping out an 8 to 12-week plan, helping the client and their team manage their launch across three or four different phases. Launching can be stressful, so having someone oversee the running of the entire launch is what clients are looking for in a launch manager. Initial investment, looking at between $1,500 and $6,000, because I took a launch management course myself, and it's about $6,000. I paid for it, um, so I'm not going to tell you it's going to be cheap, but you don't need to do a launch management program or you don't need to be a certified launch manager to, to offer launch management service, but it will help. Potential income, you're looking at between 5000 and 20000 a month. Facebook ads manager at number 21. Running and managing Facebook ads is not for the faint of heart or the inexperienced person. Now, I have to tell you this one. Some people have the knack, but in majority of cases, you need training. So please don't attempt this on your own because you're going to waste the client's money. You'll need to get uh, training on, on Facebook ads management to pull this one off. Most importantly, you'll need to stay up to date with all the changes that are happening in order in the platform because Facebook changes their platform every three months. Oh my goodness. Every time you log in, they're just like, oh my goodness, what's new now? Seriously, guys, stop changing. Thankfully, the training in this area costs less than $10,000. So it means that you can start a business with 10K or less, which gives you a return on investment with lots of time and freedom. Initial investment, you're getting about 3500 Potential income monthly, 20000 to 50000 a month. I've got one more for extra bonus. It's number 22, the copywriter. I have no idea where the online business world would be without copywriters. 
Without good copy, there would be very few sales and entrepreneurs would be out of business. I didn't mention this previously, but all course launches need a Facebook ads manager and good copy. So how does one become a copywriter? Well, there are a ton of programs available where you can learn to improve your skill. One such program is called Copy School and it's run by a, a um, business called Copy Hackers. I must tell you that the only way to become great at copywriting is to practice daily. So you can do much, how many programs you want. The important, important thing is that you need to write daily. Look at nearly everything you look at. You have to see the copywriting, the underlying copywriting in each. That's how you become really good at copywriting. What's surprising about a good copywriter is that they can charge, and you, if you want to become one, you can be able to charge between $3,000 and $10,000 for a single piece of content. Do the math. For just one page, you can charge between $3,000 to $10,000. Initial investment, about $3,500. Monthly income, it can be between $20,000 and $100,000. You can literally make a lot of money as a copywriter. So as you can see, if you want to start a business with 10K, the options are endless. You can develop almost any kind of business you want. However, it's important to know what you want out of life and business first. From my own experience, I can tell you that getting into the wrong kind of business that doesn't excite me or doesn't excite you will leave you feeling demotivated. Spend some time finding your passion before saying yes to any kind of business. If you need help becoming a virtual assistant or if you're already, already a VA but you want to get to 5K months, then I may be able to help you. You can check out my free masterclass. I've left a link in the show notes. Head over to successandscramble.com forward slash EP232 to learn more about my VA coaching program package. The life of a VA is not an easy one. It requires perseverance and motivation to, to keep ex- getting ex- or to be excited every day to help out your clients. Over to you. What kind of business do you want to start with your $10,000? This episode of the Success Unscrambled podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe to be the first to learn how to exponentially grow your coaching business with more tips and tricks in tech, marketing, and systems. That way, you can become more profitable, allowing you to hire a supportive team. Remember to leave a five-star rating with valuable feedback so that we can continue to bring you content that gives you results. See you on the next episode.